Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The following program has been pre-recorded. Thanks for tuning in this weekend to Let's Talk Portland, Odyssey Portland's weekly public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. What have you missed the most during the pandemic? Well, I think a lot of people would say going to a performance, a concert, just about anything really. And while we're not quite there for in-person performances, we're going to find out about how you can see some virtual performances. On the show this time, I would like to welcome Scott Craig. Scott is the president of the Northwest Performing Arts Alliance. Hey there, Scott. Welcome to Let's Talk Portland. Thanks, Gary. So the Northwest Performing Arts Alliance, tell me about that. That's something you just started. Yeah, we uh, formed it, my wife and I formed it in late 2020 uh, among the pandemic. Um, at that time, we, we realized that, um, you know, there were very few performance opportunities for anyone. And um, that carried, carried through as we kind of see ourselves getting out of this thing. Um, but during the pandemic, we decided that we needed to uh, provide some performance opportunities in a virtual format. So we created partnerships with uh, Bobby P Media um, and built a soundstage in one of our studios and began filming uh, Riverside Performing Arts artists uh, performing their uh, virtual recitals. And we decided to kind of continue on with that tradition um, and hopefully as we move into live performances again that we'll be able to to sponsor those as well. Um, and being that there will be a, a lot of economic impacts from COVID, we want to be able to provide scholarship opportunities for families who've been affected um, by either COVID or even in the traditional sense by, um, you know, due to marginalization. Was the Alliance already in the works before the pandemic hit or was it kind of a cause and effect thing? Um, you know, we'd always planned on um, starting this nonprofit. It was just something that um, we had lots more time to put our focus into uh, during the pandemic when our, um, our dance studio, Riverside Performing Arts, was um, less busy than, than usual, having to uh, transfer transfer all of our classes to a, a virtual f format over Zoom. Um, so we thought this would be a great opportunity to get it off the ground. So you put your downtime into into good use. That's good. I think I mostly just sat around. <laughs> There's a little, a little bit of that too, a little bit, a little bit of overeating possibly. Yeah, back at the beginning of the pandemic, it's like, okay, all we've ever wanted was more time, and now we have plenty of time. What are we going to do with it? Yeah, let's get, let's get creative and constructive. 
So who does the Northwest Performing Arts Alliance support and how? Well, we support uh, any of our young performers performers in uh, the Pacific Northwest. Currently, all of our efforts are concentrated in uh, Clark County, um, where we are beginning to spin up a, a couple of programs for ages 6 through 10 uh, and 10 through 18. One program is called The Little Company, which is a dance company for uh, dancers ages 6 to 10 who want to be a little more serious about their dance experience and get the experience of having um, a dance company environment, which is a little different than just going to a dance class. So more, more, um, um, more commitments and longer uh, rehearsals and more robust training. The other program that we're offering is for the Youth Dance Company, which is ages 10 to 18, which is also a pre-professional dance troupe, um, again, to give the experience of a dance company environment and helping them prepare for a future in, the, in dance as an occupation. How many young people are you working with at a time? Uh, currently, our Youth Dance Company has five participants, uh, dancers, and the little company is uh, 11 dancers. Wow, that must be really uh, great to watch these these young people get into it, right? Oh, it really is. I mean, and these are these are the young ones um, in a little company that are very um, motivated. They they want to be in dance classes. It's not something that they've been forced to do, and you can just see the excitement on their faces when they've been working so hard to finally get to that that performance level where they get to show off their stuff. Tell me more about the Riverside Performing Arts. Riverside Performing Arts was formed in 2007 by my wife and I. Um, It was the first and only all-inclusive dance, theater, music, and uh, preschool in Vancouver. Um, So we are continuing on with with that school as well. Uh, We have a 10,000-square-foot facility in Hazeldell, Washington, and currently, we have about 200 students. Wow. That's, that's great. That's uh, so refreshing to see kids that are uh, really interested in the performing arts. Yeah, and they, it's, they, they really are. And our, our families are great. Their, their support systems, their parents are amazing. Um, and like I said, the, the performance aspect of all of this, having that goal to reach for, I think has really um, motivated all of these young performers to to give it their all, and to be in there because it's in their heart, not because their mom is forcing them to go to dance class. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, how has COVID affected the Riverside Performing Arts? How, how have you guys been do? What have you been doing for the last fifteen months? Sure. Um, when in back in March, when we were forced to uh, close our our doors um, for our traditional brick and mortar classes, we took a couple of days to um, transition onto an online format, and I think we were the first in our area to do that. We hunkered down with uh, all of our instructors who are absolutely amazing, and they were gung-ho to just keep going and provide some sort of normalcy for our, our students. So we transitioned into online classes on Zoom, which took place at the same time as they usually were, the same days. Um, it was just being taught from our instructors' homes rather than in the studio. 
and then eventually we were able to allow our instructors to come back to the studios and teach from the studios um, to our students who were still remote. Um, we, you know, we did take a hit. We we were down about fifty percent from our our usual revenue. Um, we still haven't fully recovered, but we've been very grateful to uh, have been awarded several grants that we've applied for, um, as well as the the PPP um, loans and those sorts of things. So we're not out of the woods yet, but um, I think we are going to be okay. And especially with our nonprofit spinning up, that's going to allow us to fundraise for more scholarship opportunities um, and performance opportunities for both RPA and uh, other affiliates as we kind of grow the program. It's been amazing to watch uh, organizations pivot during the last 15 months during the pandemic. You know, everybody's had to pivot to a certain degree. And what kind of changes do you think you have made that will continue? And what changes will you get rid of? Gladly, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping we can gladly get rid of the online teaching. Um, although, you know, if it ever comes up again, we are fully prepared to and know what to do in that, in that instance. Um, but, you know, we, we've learned a lot about uh, resiliency and uh, determination for um, as business owners, but as, w- as well as teachers, you know, being able to be there for our students when, the, you know, they need us the most. Um, it's been great to have our doors open again and have students return, um, even having new students that we've never met who I've never even seen their faces yet. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, um, so I'm looking forward to the day that, that yeah, we can um, remove masks and, and kind of get back to normal and um, see all those smiley faces again. What's it been like for the dancers and, and the kids to not only have to practice remotely, but also perform without a live audience? It's actually been really positive. Um, you know, it's, it's not the same to perform in front of a live audience, obviously, but there are some benefits to the virtual performance. Um, our students are able to um, have multiple tries. You know, if there's uh, a major flub, <laughs> it's not something when, when you're live, you just kind of got to keep going. And um, when we're doing it virtually and recording it, it gives us an opportunity to uh, get a little more fine-honed uh, with, with the performance. Um, the, the other thing I think is the ability to, well, I guess one of the drawbacks is, is not having an audience together in a room sub- celebrating the performance. You know, you don't get the same feedback from the audience, the, the applause and um, that sort of thing. But on the flip side, um, we're able to share the performances with a broader audience. So we're able to open these performances up to the public um, and also share the performances with family members that may live across the country. Well, that's a that's a cool thing. What you have a performance coming up um, very soon? Tell me about Metamorphosis. So Metamorphosis is um, our youth dance company's spring showcase, and it's our our new performance that our annual spring performance that uh, the youth dance company does. Um, it's 
it's it's basically a a, a production uh, a dance film, if you will. Um, it's about the need to look inward over the last year to see how we can all continue to learn and grow. Um, and it's about the about the transformation that each of the dancers has taken to kind of navigate in this ever changing world of social norms. Um, there's various styles and mediums. We've also filmed on a few different locations. There's one piece entitled "A Fairy Tale Dream" that we filmed at the uh, Embassy, I'm sorry, Empress Palace, which is no, no. We filmed a new piece called "Fantasy Dream," which is at the Empress uh, Estates up in Woodland, Washington. I don't know if you're familiar with that location. I'm not. It's uh, it's a wedding venue, and they have a, a large mansion on the hill and some great properties uh property of of wooded areas and uh gardens and a reception hall we uh our youth dance company members dressed in fairy tale costumes and we filmed a very nice um fantasy type uh dance there with uh their various characters running in and out of the woods and then meeting up together to dance uh we also filmed Part of the um, the part of the performance at our our studio, we're actually filming that this weekend. the The idea for metamorphosis did that come from you, or did it come from a kind of a collaborative effort with some of the students? Or I bet it, everybody probably had a hand in in some of it, right? Yeah, that was a very uh, generalized theme that all of the dancers and our dance director Josh Marie Hawkins wanted to address in this this spring showcase was you know how this last year has been for everybody and how that translates into their dancing and some of them uh, in some of the uh, information you sent me says five performers each created their own performances tell me about those yeah so there's a student um, directed pieces uh, within the the whole metamorphosis showcase they're pretty short they're about 90 seconds um, but they're um, giving our young dancers the opportunity to direct their film, their own dance film piece within the showcase. Um, we also have um, a piece that's called, it's the longest piece, which is called A Quiet Darkness, which deals with the loss of a loved, loss of a loved one. Um, and it pays homage to one of our choreographers, Sarah Baltazar. Uh, she lost her father uh, recently. Um, so the the showcase is going to encompass a lot of different ups and downs that we've all been experiencing during the last year or so. Wow, yeah, and there's been a lot of that. Absolutely. I bet it's been a really emotional journey for your students. Yeah, I've, I've not met a single person who hasn't uh, had complete ups and downs throughout the last year and some months. Yeah. That's definitely been the theme for the last 15 months. Some days you feel good, some days you don't feel so good. So if if we want to watch Metamorphosis, how can we do that? Um, You can go to northwestpaa.org slash performances. Uh, Pre-sale tickets are available now. Um, It's $20, and all of the profits from the tickets go directly to uh, NWPA Future Performances. Uh, It's uh, available on May 29th, and every ticket holder uh, will be able to access a free download as well from July 1st until July 10th.
You know, that must be a, a pretty great thing. Maybe not so great because the performers want to want to have a live audience, right? But for people who live like maybe grandparents who can't come to visit because everybody still needs to be socially distanced to a certain degree, it's getting better, but still there's there's some distance that needs to be in there. The grandparents, if they live away, can see it and go online and, and watch it. And so it can aunts and uncles and friends and everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And I've heard, you know, numerous students having, um, you know, family get-togethers to watch it with their with their family members, um, or even if they are remotely to just uh, have, a, have a watching party remotely together, get a Zoom call going and watch the, watch the film together. Yeah. So how do you, when doing these performances, how do you navigate COVID protocols? Um, our site supervisor, Catherine Worf, uh, she is our COVID uh, site supervisor, and she is fantastic. She helped us develop all of our protocols, our cleaning and sanitization schedules, uh, make sure that everything gets done properly, um, takes care of all of our attestation, uh, pre-screening um, questions when everybody comes through the doors, um, and making sure that there aren't any any uh, people that are unnecessarily um, on set. Um, so we keep everything kind of to a bare minimum and try to keep everybody as healthy as we can. Luckily, we've been... Uh, blessed to not have any any cases go through our doors yet knock oh, on wood awesome. yeah that's awesome and now the kids over the age of 13 are are eligible for vaccinations it's just, the, it's just getting brighter and brighter and brighter all the time isn't it yeah yeah i've had uh, a few students who've already gotten their, their first dose and can't wait to uh, get that second dose yeah I'm fully vaccinated myself and i, I tell you i it's like a new lease on life i just feel you feel like a superhero or, or all powerful anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. We. Uh, yeah. Um, our staff is completely vaccinated as well. Uh, we still wear our masks uh, in the building with with students, um, just because we have so many students that uh, are under that threshold of being able to get vaccinated, and uh, we want to help keep them safe. And we also don't don't want to be able to have. We feel bad that we're able to not wear a mask and then they have to. Right. So we're kind of commiserating. <laughs> Set a good example, too, for the students, right? That's right. <laughs> I was looking at your website before this interview, and back around the holidays, you guys did kind of a version of the Nutcracker. That was pretty cool to watch. And it was interesting that everybody was wearing masks. Yeah, that was a, a very interesting um, night. We got the word of the next, uh, we had, because I don't know if you recall, we had a, another shutdown around that time. And we basically said we, we were going to plan to film it in a couple weeks. And when the, that shutdown came down from the governor, we decided, okay, we've got 24 hours to film this thing. Let's do it. And we called all the performers and the parents um, and volunteers and, and said, hey, we, we need to get this thing done. Um, we don't want to risk the chance of all this hard work um, being either delayed until who knows when or, or not happening at all. So everybody chipped in and they all bucked up and we filmed everything um, the next night. Wow. Uh, masks and all. And it turned out beautifully. I couldn't have been happier with it. How many rehearsals did you have under your belt before you had to had to knock it out of the park? Uh, we had quite a few. I okay. think we had... Um, three months of weekend rehearsals. Um, we, so we were about two weeks out from actually filming. So we were pretty close. We just weren't there. 
uh, weren't quite ready for the stage portion. <laughs> so we had to <laughs> hurry up and get the uh, the sets finalized and the props and the costumes and the um, you know the, all those bells and whistles. Do you think your next performance might actually have a live audience? Do you think that's maybe six, eight months away? What's, what's we coming are, up next? We are hoping for a live outdoor performance in our back parking lot. Um, we are budgeting for that now. Um, we're trying to figure out if it's going to be cost prohibitive or not. But that is the hopes. And um, as we move forward, we are dependent on, on schools, really, to see if their auditoriums are going to be available for us to perform in. Um, Vancouver doesn't have a performing arts venue. Um, that's one of our long-term goals, actually, is to um, help to either build one or um, serve on, on a board or committee that is able to take that off, take that on, excuse me. Um, but in the meantime, uh, yeah, outdoor performance, and then uh, hopefully get back into the school auditoriums. We're talking today with Scott Craig, president of the Northwest Performing Arts Alliance. Um, how can our listeners help you guys out? Oh, uh, we could use help for scholarships um, through our um, website. We've, uh, if you can visit northwestpaa.org/donations, um, we are a five hundred one c three public charity. And all of your donations are uh, tax deductible. That's awesome. And I'm looking at your website right now. There's a big donate button. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it's easy. Yeah, <laughs> money is always helpful. Up, you can even set up reoccurring payments if you want through PayPal. <laughs> nice. So, if parents listening uh, have kids who may be interested in the performing arts, how do they get their kids involved? I would find a local performing arts um, school, uh, whether it's dance theater and music, whatever your kid's into, um, a lot of places offer free trial classes to see if it's something that they uh, would would like to get into. Um, we uh, Riverside Performing Arts offers trial classes, and our, our preschool is also a performing arts preschool for ages 3 to 4, um, and that's from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. every morning. Um, and that's a great way to mix some education with the performing arts to see if, if it's something that, that fits. And how does the audition process work during during this pandemic? How have you guys done that? Um, we haven't had any auditions okay. uh, until we're having an audition. Um, let me find the dates. I should know that. <laughs> Didn't mean to cut, catch off guard. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for auditions, the Youth Dance Company is auditioning on June 5th at 10 a.m. And for the Little Company, we are also auditioning on June 5th at 1 p.m. And that's at Riverside Performing Arts. You can learn more about that at northwestpaa.org slash auditions. Great. Let's talk, uh, we've got a couple minutes here. Let's talk more about Metamorphosis because that's the next performance that's coming up for you guys. Tell me more about Metamorphosis. Well, Metamorphosis is a piece, really, or a showcase for the youth dance company. Um, it also features the little company in one of the pieces, but it's it's a mix of styles and mediums, uh, from classical ballet to jazz to even a little bit of hip hop. Um, each dancer is going to be presenting a short 
dance film that they've starred in and directed and produced. Um, another piece is called Bluebird, which is the shortest piece. It's about a minute long, um, and it's a variation from Sleeping Beauty, which is um, a very solid staple in the ballet canon. And then the longest piece, uh, A Quiet Darkness, deals with the loss of a loved one. And uh, without giving too much away, we have another piece um, which features three of our dancers who are going to be performing um, one of the, um, Bill Evans' pieces, Waltz for Debbie. They'll be performing uh, for each, accompanying each other. So one of the dancers is playing the piano while the other two are dancing, and then one's playing the flute while the other two are dancing, and then they all come together um, and play and, and dance for each other. How many performers are involved with Metamorphosis? We have five performers in the youth dance company that are showcased and 11 in the little dance company, which will be presented in uh, one piece. Great. And how can our listeners access uh, Metamorphosis? How can they view it? Uh, they can go to northwestpaa.org slash performances, and that's where they can find tickets. Excellent. Well, I'm super excited that you guys get to get something out there and get get it seen. That's that's uh, that's an accomplishment during a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's many other dance organizations doing this right now for at least for public consumption. We've got I know that there's some that are doing virtual performances for families, but uh, we're trying to get it it out there and, and share it with the community. And people are so hungry for any kind of performance. I think you're you've you've hit the nail on the head with this one. Well, thank you. Excellent. We've been talking today with Scott Craig, president of the Northwest Performing Arts Alliance. Thanks so much, and, and good luck with the show. Thank you, Gary. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just search for Let's Talk Portland on the Odyssey app. Let's Talk Portland is an Odyssey Portland public affairs program. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.